to the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your Toronto Raptors. Now, here are your hosts, Connor Chambers and Adam Corsair. Connor Chambers leading off a South of the Six pod episode? (laughs) What is going on here? First time in history. It's crazy, isn't it? Love it. I love being here. Welcome to episode 202 of the South of the Six podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Connor Chambers, and of course, Adam Corsair. Who? Who's that? Who's that guy? Yeah, who's that? Never heard of him. Nah. Never heard of him. Nah. No, it's mine now. Hijack. Nah. Um, we are part of the stadiumscene.tv network. Uh, excited to be bringing you back another episode here of the South of the Six podcast. Uh, we got a little bit to talk about, don't we, Adam? I'd say a lot of it. A lot of bit. A lot of bit. Who Look, the, you who in the what now? You yeah. just made history on this show. It took two hundred and two episodes for someone else to lead it in, and you are the chosen one. I'm anointed. You, it sounds like it to me. I'm the one. You are the wow. one. Wow. You know who else might be the chosen one, according to Raptors front office? Scotty Barnes might be the chosen one because no Scotty Barnes means no Kevin Durant. It seems like both sides are backing off for now, but we'll see what happens. We're going to talk about that. Um, we're also going to talk about some free agency signings. You know, Otto Porter Jr. trying to replicate what Fred Freddie Family Jr. had brought to the Raptors. A nice confidence boost in championship. Um, but also speaking about Freddie, we're going to touch on his contract extension a bit or lack thereof. Mm. So we'll get into all that stuff coming up here. Uh, so the six. Obviously, you haven't heard my voice lead off a podcast in a minute, so I'm still getting into the driver's seat. Oh, yeah. I love that. Hey, cheers. Um, It's been a minute, so if I have a little bit of rust, bear with me. I'm shaking it off as we go here on the fly. Uh, How does it feel, Adam, to not be the one asking sort of the questions or creating the agenda for today's episode? Relieving. (laughs) (laughs) yeah relieving relieving well i don't know how relieved you are i I heard that you had a power outage at your house um i don't know if you were able to stay cool it i don't for those of you that are tuning in it is quite hot across uh the north americas uh here in toronto uh it's getting up to or feels like roughly 40 degrees celsius which is in the hundreds for you guys Hmm. uh down in south of the six uh adam what is it like for you right now weather-wise it is fahrenheit 95 so i don't know what the conversion would be was that like 37 38 yep um it is brutal and uh rolling blackouts are a thing when everyone has their central airs cranked to the max um so luckily we had the kids in daycare today my wife and i took the week off this week so we're just uh, scrolling through Netflix, and all of a sudden, TV just shuts off, and I'm just like, "Is this part of the show? Is this <laughs> part of what's?" Go-? And then I look around, and everything is off, and I said, "We just lost power." No, it was just a really did. immersive TV show. I thought so. I, I really did. I was waiting for the the kicker, um, and never came. And now I will never watch that show again because I just you know you, you can't just stop in the middle of it. Anyways, um, any any. Uh... Do you want to give any indication to the audience of what show you're watching, or do you want to keep that private? The girl in the photo? Is that what it's called? 
Oh, that's you said that's on Netflix, right? Yes. Okay, heard of it. Uh, have not watched it. I think it's Can't the see. girl in the photo. Um. Anyways, uh, yeah, we it ended up turning back on around five o'clock as the electric company said it would. So we were all good. We had to pick up the kids anyway, so we hopped in the AC car and picked up the kids and came back to a, a cool house anyway. So that's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah I would have I would have gone for a very nice long, long, long drive. Yeah. 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 So big brain play by the big brain man, Adam Corsair. <laughs> um cool. Well, I mean, talking about cooling off, Raptors and Nets have cooled off a little bit. And I think it might just be the entire NBA has cooled off. Uh, Brian Windhorse uh, came out with a report today about the Kevin Durant trade talks. And he said, and I quote, they have slowed to a trickle. A trickle is not very good if we're trying to get Kevin Durant out of Brooklyn. Saying that, for those who haven't listened to our last podcast, uh, I suggest maybe you do that. So that you can have some sort of perception or perspective on what Adam and I believe to be a fair value and what we believe may be too much or too little for Kevin Durant. Uh, I will leave you to pause this and go and listen and then come back. <laughs> Got it? Beautiful. All right. Now that you're back and you've heard all of that, it's travel. We're, we're traveling here. Um what are your thoughts about this latest report from Windhorse? Are you surprised at all on this, Adam? Or do you were you sort of expecting this in the you know in the ecosystem of a of a potential Kevin Durant deal across the NBA offseason? I think Marx is playing chicken, and I think he's playing a dangerous game. Um, I think much like the end of our last or our previous episode, where I said you know he's just being a baby. And he wants what he wants, and he's going to stand firm on what he wants. And I respect that, you know, being a general manager, you want to get maximum value for any player, let alone an arguably top three, top five player in the NBA. So um, as we've also discussed, the Rudy Gobert trade has severely thrown a wrench into all these negotiations and the expectation for what the return price would be to Brooklyn. Um, So am I surprised? No, I think that's part of Marx's job is to play chicken and to have executives or GMs rather call his bluff. Um, What this does mean to me though, is that even though it's at a crawl, it does indicate that the Phoenix saga has completely thrown this out of the loop. And it also indicates to me that Miami is just out of it. So if I'm to read the tea leaves, I think it's the Raptors really with the best offer and he's just not satisfied with it. And that's the standstill is that the subsequent offers perhaps from New Orleans or I don't know, you said Philly last uh, last episode. Yeah, I was thinking thinking about Philly a little bit. Maybe. So even that. Depends on what they would offer, right? Yeah, you know, maybe they'd want Ben Simmons in return too. Who knows? (laughs) I mean, it seems like a great destination for him. But I think I think him and Embiid would fit really well together. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that's never happened. Um, No one's ever talked about it. No, no. Hot take. Um, I think uh, the Raptors just have the best package available, and Marks isn't satisfied. So he's bluffing, I think, and he's saying to all the executives, "We'll just keep him. We'll, We'll we'll bring him to training camp." I don't think he's showing up and I think he's playing a dangerous game, but 
that's his job. Yeah, I mean, look, you you, t- you have to take the risk, I guess, if you're Sean Marks. You're not in the 11th hour yet, but maybe you're in the 10th hour. Yeah. Right? Like, you're you're getting there. You don't have to make a decision yet. He's trying to still create a market like what you're saying. There, He's trying to create a market that's not going to be there. It was one team's mistake in Minnesota to have sent over all those first round picks for Rudy Gobert. Yeah. That was a mistake. Uh, and and I think that 95% of the NBA would would agree with that take. I think that was a mistake. And like you said, it set a precedent of this is what Rudy Gobert can get, then this is what Kevin Durant should be getting. And from a hypothetical perspective, I mean that makes sense. But when it when there's an outlier like this, it's hard to then set that as the floor, right? Like that was an outlier, and it's hard then to go against the floor. I saw a report today that said uh, the uh, Utah Jazz were looking for seven first round picks for Donovan Mitchell because they got um, five for, for Rudy Gobert. Absurd. So looking for seven. Absurd. Yeah, seven first round picks. You know what organization would do that though? Is the New York Knicks? Yes. I think yes. they would sabotage themselves. Self sabotage. They, they would. They would self sabotage. Uh-huh. Anyway, yeah. I, I I digress. Um, the 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 only reason that these have gone down to trickle is is what you had said. I think that like Phoenix is out because of circumstances surrounding DeAndre Ayton. I don't think. I think Miami was trying to entertain something and put something together, but I think that uh, Brooklyn would want both of bam and tyler hero and then plus plus and they're probably going no well they um, have to trade ben at that point too that's just uh yeah a yeah like like for, for salary yeah yeah 100 yeah. and and they're saying no yeah uh obviously which we're going to get into more following this the nets have asked for scotty barnes and the raptors have said no mm-hmm. so if the raptors are realistically one of the only one of the only teams that could present them with something of value in this market, why would they outbid themselves? And I think that's where this trickle comes from, right? Like if you're the highest offer, it's like going to an auction. If you're going to, you know, if you, if you know you have a bid of a hundred dollars for something and then the countdown timer is going and there's no one else to do it, why would you put $150 now on it? It, it? it just doesn't make sense. Right. So I think that's where they are here, but like you had alluded to, he's, Sean Marks playing chicken, and he's trying to create a market by leaking. You know, Washington Wizards are interested, and they'll put together a, an offer. You know, maybe they called them once, but that's Sean Marks putting it out there, like, "Oh, there's a market. Look out, everybody. There's more teams coming in, and it, it's probably smoke and mirrors at this point, And it's probably either going to be Brooklyn or Toronto. But he's playing a very dangerous game because if he, if he takes Kevin Durant to training camp, there's a zero point one percent chance that Kevin Durant shows up. To training him for Brooklyn. Yeah. And, you know, when I just thinking about it right now, the only other team that can offer an exorbitant, uh, sorry, blah, blah, an exorbitant <laughs> amount of picks and not feel the sting would probably be OKC. And there's no way he's going back to OKC. Um, no, no. The only other under the radar, um, I don't want to say a threat, but possibility is Boston. Like, if the rumors are true that Jalen Brown is that disgruntled and there's turmoil there and they're willing to trade him, 
this might be the biggest swing that Boston could make to bring in a Kevin Durant. Now, remember, he was close to being there before he signed with Golden State the first time. Um, so I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not necessarily even saying it's likely. I'm just saying don't sleep on it. Hmm. Hmm. Don't sleep on the Boston Celtics as the man from Boston. Well, do you disagree? I don't. I don't disagree. I wonder how much you're hearing in the Boston media about this, though. Nothing. How much is zero? Nothing. I, 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 like, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Like, are they are they chatting about it? Um, what's what's going on? Like, does Boston do Boston fans believe they have a legitimate chance of Kevin Durant? Yes, but I think it's because it the predominant conversation is: Are we willing to trade Jalen Brown? That's what they're right. discussing. And if we are willing to trade Jalen Brown, what would we want in return? And it inevitably leads to Kevin Durant. So Kevin Durant is sort of the the secondary conversation to the primary right. conversation, that being, should we or should we not trade Jalen Brown? Right. That's interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. Talking about who we should and shouldn't trade, Scotty Barnes is on a no-trade list for the Toronto Raptors. He is untouchable. And you and I kind of had this conversation a little bit in the last podcast where we said, um, "I know you were to- I know you were torn a little bit," no. and and I think I think you've I think you've sort of settled in on this now that Scotty Barnes is is there. He's I think I think that I think that the the front office sees him as as a potential like ceiling of a future Hall of Famer. Otherwise, Ooh. why would you? Otherwise, why would you move? Why would you not move him? right yes right like that's like i'm not i'm not saying he's going to become that but i'm I'm saying if the raptors wouldn't move scotty barnes it's because they believe that he can become a hall of famer he's the future yes he is the future right so knowing that there's if there's no scotty there's no kevin durant as of today july 20th are you more confident less confident or equally confident that kevin durant is a toronto raptor by those let's let's say the start of the season i'm less confident that he'll be a raptor and let me clarify i I know you're you're just poking fun at me but (laughs) i'm not torn when it comes to trading scotty i'm more of the line that i don't think merely being rookie of the year is reason enough so when people say oh he's rookie of the year i listed 10 previous rookie of the years that everybody would well, most of them would trade for Kevin Durant. Um, that being said, I think it's unlikely that Kevin Durant plays or is signed to another team come game one. Right. I don't think he's playing for any team, but I think he's still signed with the Brooklyn Nets game okay. one. Okay. Then let me then let me change the question because I think that's a fair point. So let me change the let me change the question. Come playoff time, twenty twenty three. Is Kevin Durant a Toronto Raptor? More confident on that, less confident on that, or equally confident on that, as opposed to two weeks ago when we last recorded. I'm a little less confident, and here's okay. why: it's not for the lack of trying. Because I think if you squint hard enough about these reports that you're talking about, it 
pretty much more or less, this is as close to confirming as you're going to get that Masai is in negotiations for Kevin Durant. Yeah. This is as close as you're going to get. Because remember, the Raptors don't leak. So this is as close as you're going to get to Masai Ujiri is in negotiations or at least having preliminary conversations with Marks when it comes to acquiring Kevin Durant. Hey, remember, there was that there was that video of Masai, Summer Marks, yeah. and Woj in a circle. <laughs> It's true. Woj, Woj, Woj weaseled his way into that circle. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I, oh, sorry, I'm just coming through. Oh, oh, I'm stopping. I'm listening to this conversation. that's going, I I didn't mean to be here, but I'm just going to stay here and watch the summer league games. Yeah, Not no. intentionally being around Masai Ujiri and Bobby and Sean Marks. He's like, oh, Bobby oh, Marks. What, oh, 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 Masai. Oh, oh, Sean. Oh, I, oh, geez. I seeing you here. What? How'd you guys get what? here? Whoa, this is... Huh. Oh, I just got to text my wife. Uh, why are you opening Twitter? No, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. That's she. I, I, I lost her number. It's, yeah. It's got to DM her. This is how we, it's private. We don't want the kids to see, but you don't have kids. <laughs> Anyways, uh, gotta go. Um, yeah, I, I think come playoff time, it's going to be less likely because Masai will be steadfast as to this is what I'm offering you. And I cannot afford to give up the core of this team for nothing, right? I'm not going to give up more of it, you know? And I, I just, I don't see him budging from that. I can see other teams getting desperate and saying, all right, fuck it, we're, we're right on the, the brink of a playoff appearance or a strong regular season run. You want to know what will cap this off? Adding Kevin Durant. Now you have to add in the added... Uh huh. A little bit redundant. You have to throw in the added concern <laughs> as to whether or not he'd want to play for that team. That's always sure. a concern. But when it comes to Toronto, I think Masai is the kind of executive that will say, "This is the package. I'm not budging from this. Find a better offer. If you do, great. Good luck. If you don't, I'm here when you're ready. But yeah. just letting you know, come trade deadline, this price is going to decrease because I'm getting Kevin Durant." for fewer years now mm-hmm. yeah so uh, i i i hey i get it right and if you want kevin durant arguably this is his most prime year of his contract like just speaking from purely like an age perspective yeah. and you know father time and all that stuff this this would be his most valuable year so if you're going to keep kevin durant until the trade deadline if you are the brooklyn nets you can't look at this as, well, we have Kevin Durant for three and a half years now as opposed to four. It's we have Kevin Durant at half of his most prime year plus years of decrease. Yeah. Right. So this year is the most valuable year for Kevin Durant. And the next year will be his most valuable year. And then the year after that will be his most valuable, like in, in retrospective to his contract. Right. Correct. Yeah. So. It's it's almost imperative to move him before the season begins because that is where you'll truly maximize your value. There's no point in holding on to an asset that you know is going to depreciate and you know is discontent with being there. I understand you're trying to get value for Kevin Durant and you're trying to get maximize the value, but... When you're trading, it doesn't matter what sport, 
when you are trading a truly like generational superstar talent, and I think I said this on the last pod, you will never get equal value. Right. It's impossible. The, the reason why people want Kevin Durant is because he's one of the greatest players in basketball. Yeah. So how are you going to provide that value back? It's it's nearly impossible, right? And you can only evaluate a trade, with, especially when there's so many picks like that, usually 10 to 15 years later. Right. So it's really, really difficult. You're almost always guaranteed to be on the losing end of something if you were trading someone like a Kevin Durant, optically. Yeah. And then in 10 to 15 years, it may look like, well, two of those five or six first round picks that you got for Rudy Gobert, two of those five first round picks end up being like, like amazing or all of those first round picks suck. So, you know what? Maybe it worked out that, that Rudy Gobert was like, it's all retrospective, right? Right. right. And maybe you and I look back at that Rudy, Rudy Gobert trade in 10 years and we go, wow, that's okay. And yeah, initially it was a lot, but they did nothing with those picks. So it didn't matter. Right. So it's it's hard it's hard to say, but optically you will never get equal value, and I think that's where I think that's where teams like that struggle when they have such a prime talent that's like get me out of here. Yes, but I also think that it's and I don't think you're saying anything contrary to yeah. to this point, but I also think it's the executive's job to try to fleece as much as possible, especially when it comes to a, a top 75 player of all time. Of course. Of course. You know, you got to get something that you can take back to your, you know, to ownership, to the fan base and say, we have something that you can look forward to. And I can say with near certainty that if I were a Brooklyn Nets fan, and again, this has nothing disparaging about Gary Trent Jr. and OG Ananobi, but I wouldn't be thrilled. I would like it. I think they're good players, but I would be I would I think I would feel a little underwhelmed if that's what I have to look forward to in return for Kevin Durant. Because you when you think of the name Kevin Durant, again, one of the greatest to ever play, no disrespect to OG Ananobi who's going to be the cornerstone of that trade, he will not be on that list of one of yeah. the greatest to ever play. Yeah. So. No, absolutely. But the the th- the point is, like, when if, if a team is going to trade for Kevin Durant at this point in his career, you know, he's, he's getting towards the the middle ages of 30, right? Like, he's, he's getting towards that middle hill of 30 years old. Yeah. You're not trading him to build around him for like a three-year, two- or three-year rebuild, right? So that most likely means that you cannot trade your star player for Kevin Durant because your objective would be to build around Kevin Durant or to to create a good enough team to compete, and that would most likely, in every case, require you to have your star player. So, and and again, I, we're, we're both agreeing. I'm, we're yes, off, but we're, yes. we're just like... For those listening, we're both agreeing. But it's it's really hard to sit there and and go, you know, and 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 I understand why people kind of tweeted at us last time at the end of the episode, say, Pascal Siakam. Like, I get it. At this point in time, he is your best player on this team. So it's hard to trade him away, but No, it's not. <laughs> 
I mean, in a competitive sense. Yeah, for right? Kevin Durant, it's not. No, for Kevin Durant, it's not. I get it. But, you know, are you going to ask Boston to trade away Jason Tatum? No. For Kevin Durant? No. no. Right? Are you going to ask... Would you ask Milwaukee to trade Giannis for no. Kevin Durant? No, right? Like, I'm just trying to think of names that are of a similar ilk to um, Kevin Durant in terms of, you know, age, talent, salaries, stuff like that. And I, I could probably throw 15 names out there that I would think of that would be in some order, shape, or form relatively in that realm. And mostly, most of the time, you you would say no. So this is where it becomes hard because now it's a tier below. Yes. And correct. it's like, okay, so here's a tier below. And then, so here's B tier. Here's C tier. And and still knowing C tier is a really good player in this instance because we only have superstars in A tier. So here's, here's B tier. He's C, here's C tier. Maybe a D tier throw in for salary or bodies or whatever. And then three or four, and then three first round picks. But then the p- people look and they go, well, that's not A tier. Exactly. Yes. And yes. that's where it becomes hard because you you will never, I won't say never because that's definitive, you will very, very rarely get A tier for A tier if you are trying to compete for a championship, which is the objective of these teams because Kevin Durant is not 23, 24 years old. Right. He is he is in his 30s. He's, he's, he's an older, injury-prone, aging asset. Hard to give up A plus A tier for something like that when your goal is to compete. I think, all right, so you touched on a couple things. Um, I think when, it, I think Toronto Raptors fans, when it comes to feeling uh, reluctant to trade a Pascal Siakam, I think we, as Raptor fans, we sort of overrate our players. Again, this says nothing bad about Pascal's ability no. for this team. He has blossomed. He is great. But he's, I'm calling a spade a spade. He is not a bona fide superstar, right? He's just not. He's really, really good, but he is no 1A, right? He's not alone leading this team to a championship. He's a great 1B, but he is not a 1A. When you think about the DeMar trade, he was our superstar, but he still wasn't a legitimate, bona fide superstar. Fuck, man, he didn't play like one, really, until this past season. It took him this, until he got to Chicago, to play like like he was on fire. To play like the guy. Yeah, to play like a god. Um, and even that was short-lived, but he still played incredibly, especially the first half of the season. Um you're not going to get a superstar in return because then what's the point of trading for a superstar, right? I think if if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan and if Masai is dangling out Pascal, which I'm not convinced that he is, but I also don't know that he's not, I think you got to consider it. And if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan... I, you're probably not going to do any better than that. Really. No, I mean you can you can get assets for Pascal Siakam in a year or two, assuming that Brooklyn just probably you know isn't great, or if they decide to go full rebuild, if they get rid of Kyrie and then 
you know, you grab like a Pascal and then OG or Gary Trent, something like that. Like if you're if you're getting Pascal in this hypothetical, you know, if you're getting Gary Trent, maybe he walks in a year, right? Yeah. Like he probably declines his player and then he goes into free agency. Um, and then maybe you look to trade Pascal for something. And then you can start with a core that makes sense. You've gotten assets for Kevin Durant, and now you get additional assets for Pascal Siakam. You know, it may it may not it may not equal ten at the at the initial trade, but if it's you know if it's six plus four between two trades, then maybe you get to ten one way or the other, right? Like yeah. w- between between getting assets from the Raptors that include Pascal, and then getting assets from another team for getting rid of Pascal. Between those two trades, you might end up where you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. It just depends on the vision of Sean Marks in, in Brooklyn. And, you know, by all accounts, Sean Marks received a contract extension. So it seems like they believe in his direction one way or the other and trust in him to make the right decisions. And, and that he's probably got some sort of vision on this. And he goes, look, this is my plan. And they go, OK, here's here's a bag. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But, you know, yeah. Um, and if he can we'll follow see. through with it, that's great. But, you know, straight up, I'm going to ask you straight up. Let me turn the tables. Excluding a potential, do the Raptors have a legitimate bona fide superstar on their team right now? No. Exactly. No. We think Scotty Barnes will be that. Yes. But right now, we just don't. We don't have a legitimate 1A. No. And this is how you get a 1A. Right? If you could trade Pascal Siakam... I, I was on That's a Rap podcast last week, and I said, if you could trade Pascal Siakam, I think it's uh, a Precious and a Malachi. You know, don't sleep on Malachi. It just dropped 73. If you can, yeah. if you can trade shout those out, three. Shout out the, uh, the crossover league. That's what I'm saying. You know, if you could trade those three and get a Kevin Durant in return, now you're talking a team with Kevin Durant, Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, you still have Gary Trent on this team, you know. You could do a lot worse, and that to me is at least in the discussion to be Eastern Conference favorites. Yeah, they should be. They should be right there. Yeah. I mean, like you look at you look at Milwaukee, you look at Toronto, uh, Miami, Miami, yeah, Boston, uh, Boston, Philly, and mm-hmm. in, in some state, they had a Philly just resigned James Harden. Uh, officially about half an hour before we start recording. So, I mean, look, they there there's about four or five teams in the East that I would consider to be contenders. Then on that other bubble, you probably got, you know, teams like Atlanta, Cleveland. Um, I'm not going to put New York in there, sorry. Atlanta, uh, yeah, Atlanta you said. Yeah, Atlanta and, and Cleveland to me are kind of right there. I think I think Detroit will be a young, exciting team, but I don't, I don't think Chicago. Chicago, yes. Can't forget about them. I knew I was forgetting about someone. Chicago's yeah. right there. Um, I think Chicago's very dependent on DeMar and his progression. Mm-hmm. I think Zach Levine will progress even more. Um, I'm expecting to see Lonzo Ball even gel a little bit better, too, with that team. But I was very impressed. Yeah, I think I think Lonzo Ball really fits that team well. And, and I'm not... Granted, I'm uh, publicly, I have not been a Lonzo Ball fan. Um I'm just not a huge fan of of his game, but I was impressed with him last season. Mm-hmm. I thought he did a very good job in Chicago. I, I think I just wasn't a fan of him because he was a second round pick, and I thought that he didn't he wasn't deserving of being a second round pick because I didn't see that talent of him being, you know, you're hoping to get a franchise player number two, right? right. Yep. 
if all else fails, you get a star or number two option uh, at that pick and not, not a superstar. But um, I don't know if he'll ever even be that like star slash number two option on a team. No. But I think that he's fit a role in Chicago's being like that, you know, that third type of guy and, and, and a really good facilitator. Uh, he can play good defense. Uh, he can get you some points. So uh, I think his role, it, he plays his role really well. He's Rondo. Yes. Yeah, and, and that was, and that's the name that just came to my head was, was Rondo. Yeah. He's, he's Rondo for the team. And, and look, that's fine. Like Rondo won championships and, you know, you could argue without Rondo, they're, they're not winning those championships, yeah. right? Yeah. Even though he doesn't get you a ton of points, he's not a super flashy player. He does a lot of things well for you. So yeah. um, that's my, that's my little tangent on Lonzo is shout out to Kevin. Yes. If you're listening. Yes. Kevin, Chicago Bulls Achoo! love on the pod. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, there's, there's clear, there's clear tiers in this, in this East. I still think that the Raptors are in that like four to five range as currently constructed. I think that they become Eastern conference favorites if they land Kevin Durant. hundred percent. I think it's without debate. Yep. Um, anything else on Kevin Durant before we move on? If you have any closing thoughts, do you have anything that you want to add before I move on? Yeah. Uh, I hope. Uh, our, I think I can speak for you on this, our suggestion that if it does take a Pascal Siakam to trade for him, you smash accept. Uh, I hope you all still are subscribed to the show and are still <laughs> listening. Some guys and, like, uh, I'm smashing, unsubscribe. What yes. do you mean smash accept? I'm yes. done with this show. Please, it's and uh, don't give us any negative reviews for that. We're just, we're playing GM and, you know, you, you would do it too. Let's be honest. Yeah. Asset throat. management, everybody. I'm, we're going to start making asset management t-shirts. OGs at the South of the Six podcast know all about asset management. So. Yes, they do. Asset so. management is the logo around here. Or is it slogan? It's a slogan. Which we're going to turn into the logo. Okay. That's what I meant. Done deal. Um, okay. Asset management, very important, everybody. And that's what's the hold up here. Uh, it's always, it's it's just, it's honestly just a chess game. Yeah. It's always what it is. Brilliant minds at work, but we try to think that we're one of them for about an hour and then <laughs> we well, you are. back. I'm, I'm no such thing. Yeah. Maybe one day. <laughs> maybe one maybe. day I'll be 6'4". <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe one day you'll be 6'4 and, and one day managing a team, but who knows. When I grow up. When you grow up. Yeah. When you be like me. Yeah. Um. Okay, uh, shifting gears a little bit, we were talking about what the Raptors team might look like with Kevin Durant in the lineup, but I think what's sort of overlooked here a little bit are the moves that the Raptors made in the offseason or so far in this yeah. offseason. And I'm specifically talking about free agency and re-signings. I think that before I sort of break them down in terms of the numbers and names and, and such, I think that arguably, even, even if the Raptors don't get Kevin Durant or whatever happens there, I'm taking that to the side. I think this has arguably been the best offseason for the Toronto Raptors so far of their of free agency because yes you could you could say you know trade is Kawhi Leonard that was the best offseason for sure yes from a free agency standpoint and taking care of your own business without giving up assets I think this has been the best offseason um in Raptors history to be honest with you and um Clearly, if I say that, it's the best of the Masai and Bobby Webster and, and Co. tenure. Mm-hmm. 
I think they made some really smart signings. And I think that they put themselves in a really flexible position with them. So um, I'm going to kind of go through the the three names that we had brought in, re-signed, fresh faces, etc. And the first one is bringing back a guy from the Spurs that we traded our first round pick to get was Thaddeus Young. Uh, he signed a two-year contract, 16.3 million, average of 8.15 per season. Uh, I think that he fits a really good role for this team. I know he's going to be 34 going into next year, so you kind of look at the age and you're like, well, that's not great. But I think that they understood his value to this team. Yeah. And between all the feedback that was provided, I think that he fit himself well with the culture. I think that he provided a little bit of scoring off the bench, but he wasn't come. He, he wasn't brought here to score. He was here to do all the other things, provide great defense, get some, get some boards, help out with some assists, just space the floor a little bit and allow the guys to do their work without, you know, being exhausted on the other end. Yeah. And coming off the bench, you want a guy like that for your team. I think that he is a great role player for this team coming off the bench. Um, another guy that we don't know if he'll be coming off the bench or starting this year, uh, Chris Boucher. We've seen him in both roles. Uh, signed a three-year, $35.25 million contract. It's front-loaded as well, by the way. So uh, average the uh, average salary works out to 11.75. But in his first year, he's making 12.69. Second year, he's making 11.7. And then the third year, he's making 10.8. So front-loaded contract decreasing as he gets older. Uh, he's going into this year in his as an age 30, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Chris Boucher hasn't been around the NBA for, for a while. But he is 30 going into this NBA season. Uh, final signing, which... Uh, Spoiler alert is my favorite of the offseason. Otto Porter Jr. This guy did incredible things when put in the right role in Golden State. And I love this contract. Signed a two-year deal, $12.3 million. Uh, we're paying him $6 million this year. He does have a player option for $6.3 next year. But he's coming into this season as age 29 year. And we've seen him play different roles for, for Golden State. We saw him on the bench. We saw him start. We saw him in clutch moments, clutch time in the fourth quarter. We saw him in garbage time. Like, it, it, it didn't matter, right? Like, he, he will do what you need him to do. And what hit, what's his important attribute? Shooting Buckets. the basketball. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a, he, he is lethal shooter. And what were we crying about last year? Buckets. Buckets. Yeah. This guy will provide that for you. He spaces the floor incredibly well. Uh, also, shout out to his wife. His wife's from Toronto uh, or the GTA area. So I think that was uh, a nice little like coming home gift. So um, I'm going to sort of pass it to you. Of those three guys, the three contracts that I mentioned, who is your favorite of that list? And these can be two separate answers if you want. Who are you most excited to see? Well, first of all, I want to acknowledge that it's mind-blowing that Otto is younger than Boucher. Yep. Weird. 
Very you, strange, right? You wouldn't think Otto that. Porter, Otto Porter Jr. is younger than Chris Boucher. All right. So uh, if I remember correctly, which one do I like the best and which one am I most excited for? Sure. They could be the same person. They could sure. be different people. I, I just sort of... I like the the aspect that the Raptors addressed a need uh-huh. and went out and got someone in Otto that I don't know was on the radar for anyone going to Toronto. Um, I think the assumption was that a re-signing in Golden State was inevitable. Um, I mean, coming off a championship, why wouldn't you? Um, but I guess... He sees something in Toronto. He sees something in the young core. And as you mentioned, there's some familial ties there. So um, I just think that, as we touched on last episode, this is a significant signing and perhaps the most significant signing of a free agent that has never played for the team before since Damari Carroll. And that's, that that's is, crazy. That is saying something. Yes. Um, so it reminds me of a Danny Green type of presence for the team you know been there been to championships um has playoff experience up the wazoo um can lead this team um in crunch time minutes if need be um and you're right uh, one of the biggest problems in the playoffs was lack of scoring um you know defensive rebounds were also uh, a huge issue as well but um you need to score to win. And I know that's a, a terrible thing to say on a podcast that's about basketball because obviously I'm stating the obvious here, but at the same time, you know, that's this Raptors team severely needed it. Um, that and this, the core of the team that we were relying on in the playoffs looked incredibly gassed. So mm-hmm. having Otto on this team sort of mitigates that without playing to the detriment of sacrificing offense. So I think of the signings, that's my favorite, one I'm most excited for. Even though it probably is Otto, I want to give a different answer, and I'm going to sure. go Boucher, only because I love continuity. I love players coming back to the team. Um, I, I wouldn't call this a team-friendly deal. Mm-hmm. But I think eventually it will be just because the cap is going to rise and, you know, th- this contract won't be worth what it, especially if it's front-loaded. Um, I saw a lot in him, especially in the second half of the season. He was trying a lot less. And yes. he he scaled his game back a little bit, and I think it benefited him. Um, but at the same time, his aggressiveness and his presence was just everywhere all the time. He was hustle, hustle. There's that gif of him just winded, like laying at yeah, the end of the bench, yeah. just almost dying. Yeah. He gives 100%. And that is something you don't teach. That is something you just innately have in you in the will to win. It's no disrespect to the Thad contract. I, I like that too. Um, I would like it if he stopped shooting corner threes because they just weren't <laughs> favorable. But... Of those three, I think the best one for the franchise is the Otto Porter Jr. signing, and I think the one I'm most excited for. To see an acceleration in his game, see him take the next step, if he can build off of the second half of the season, is Chris Boucher. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I, I think, uh, like I said 
Otto Porter for me was the most exciting, uh, was, was my favorite contract. And I'm the most excited to see Chris Boucher because I think he still has room to grow. Like we said, I know he's 30 going into this year. Yeah, still just young. nuts. But it's it's very Pascal Siakamish in terms of like, you know, started out pretty late. He he doesn't have much mileage on him. So he's a young 30. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, his body hasn't taken that much of a beating. So I, I still expect another elevation of growth from Boucher, which to me is exciting. Yeah, this is a guy that did not back down to no. Joel Embiid. No, you know well, that's that's a that's a <laughs> yeah that's a big boy. Yeah, there was a regular season game that they were chirping at each other, and he just wasn't backing down. I think it was on the road in Philly, and yeah, he was. was he was not backing down. And you saw almost a mutual respect. Not that they had any animosity, but he was some coming from someone from like Embiid, offering that mutual respect as a result. I think mm-hmm. says something. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Yeah, I, I he's hey, I know I know there's that meme, but he's got that he's got that dog in him. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's he's hey, fearless. that's something, man. I'm yeah. telling you, put on put on the scouting report. Um, looking at the Raptors roster, top to bottom, depth guys, guys that you can use in no particular order. I'm not I'm not ranking them. I'm just giving sure. names. Fred, Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Precious Achua. Chris Boucher, Thaddeus Young, Otto Porter Jr., Malachi Flynn will throw in there, um, and Christian Coloco, the latest draft prospect from the Toronto Raptors, puts us at 11 guys that I would be comfortable seeing some time on the floor with the Toronto Raptors at this point. Yeah. You know, you got, uh, Cham- um, let's see, uh, Justin Champagny. Mm-hmm. You got him as well. There's there's guys that you can go to. Obviously, Delano Banton, like didn't even mention him. He's still to me. He's, he's he can he can get some run as well. It's like twelve to thirteen names there, right? The Raptors had a depth problem, and I think that they went out and they took care of business. And just building off of what they did last year, they brought in they brought in Thaddeus Young. He helped that bench out a bit by providing areas of need that were there and then allowed some more scoring to happen. If that makes sense, like he wasn't scoring, but he was, I think he just allowed them to move better and, and focus on, on the offensive side of things a little bit more as a unit. But, you know, you bring in a guy like Otto Porter who, if everyone's healthy, should be on the bench for this team. And that's just an amazing bench option for these guys. That bench unit looks a lot better than, than it did this time last year. Right. And to me, I think that's what excites me the most, especially if you have this young core. If, if you're not planning on bringing in Kevin Durant, you're planning on running a starting roster, hypothetically, of Fred, Gary, OG, Scotty, Pascal. Yeah. Or if you want to move Gary to the bench for whatever, like like to have him as six man and you want to bring up, you know, Precious or Boucher or, or something to be the five. That's that's a that is uh, that's a really talented starting five. It's a competent starting five. It's one that puts you in the in that upper tier of competitive Eastern Conference teams. And I think that's also why there's no real desperation. I know I'm going back to this point. I think that's why there's no real desperation from the Raptors to sell, you know, to to sell the house and the cars. Yeah. And the lot and the keys and, and the and the 
white pick offense for Kevin Durant. Because they're they're still young enough that they can build there. And if and if they, they think that Fred and Pascal are gonna age out, then they'll get the assets for them to create that core that of that same timeline that fits around, you know, the Scotties, Garys, and OGs. So it's it's there. The formula's there. And they're only going to do that trade if it makes sense. So I think that that's why they, they got the contracts that they need to get. They set themselves up well financially, and they made themselves very flexible here in terms of they can make a move or they don't have to make a move. And I think either or is fine. I'm not going to be upset whichever direction they pick. The only issue I see with the bench is that, and I know this is, sort of how they're designing the team you see i mean rather you hear a lot of the chatter about you know six nine guys six eight <laughs> guys it's very front court heavy and yeah. i don't see a lot of depth Guard. in a backup for fred yeah i don't know that i mean they fiddled with banton in that role coming off the bench i didn't not like it maybe he can fill facilitate i mean my expectations for him were so low going into the season that when again calling back to the last episode when I said it was one of the most exciting seasons I can recall in recent memory um, with the expectations so low. Having him come off the bench as the primary backup point guard, at least for a little bit, I didn't necessarily have a problem with it, but I think you can do better. Yes. And it's just still not there. You know, a, a reliable, consistent backup point guard. The, the Fred Van Vliet to the Kyle Lowry. Yep. I don't we're know that spoiled. They, we were spoiled. Yeah, I don't know that they necessarily address that because, again, they love length now apparently, <laughs> um, and maybe they don't have to because I also think they're trying to go with hybrid players. Like Scotty Barnes could theoretically handle Scotty. Scotty Barnes can play point guard. He played yeah. point guard at at, uh, at Florida State, but he's not the backup. You know, I what understand I mean? that. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, but I don't, but. I think that with the way that Nick Nurse is going to start running rotations, the way that they've set this team up, you're going to have your starting roster, and then there's always going to be someone from that starting rotation plus bench that can facilitate the that can facilitate and run that spot plus bench. Yeah. So even if that's Scotty plus bench unit, Scotty can be the facilitator on that. Yeah. He'll run the one, right? And or that's Fred, or that's Gary. And I, and I know you're going to hate me for saying this. Maybe that's Pascal for a few minutes. I don't like it. I know you hate it. I, I know you hate it. But we've seen it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so what I'm what I'm saying is like everybody in that starting rotation as of July 20th can facilitate yeah. and has facilitated on this team. Not saying that I like that everybody has done this. But we've seen everybody do this. So if we don't see another addition here, because I was thinking, you know, maybe they get Kemba on the low, right? Maybe they go do like maybe they, they grab one of those other free agent guards that are out there. But now they're all like everyone's all gone, right? Yeah. That was at the beginning of the offseason. Oh, maybe they do that. If they go into the season without adding somebody else depth-wise at the point guard position, it's because they're looking at this rotation and saying, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And then, and then you know, maybe maybe it's Otto Porter steps into the starting lineup 
while um, Fred takes a seat because Fred was playing with bench guys and he got stretched out further, right? So um, give the guys who's, who can play those more minutes, like more length, run them with the starting rotation a little bit. That's like that's an added value of guys like Otto Porter, Chris Boucher, Pres- and Precious. Yeah. Because you can run them a little bit longer and you can mix and match them. And you can put them into the spots where the guys that were facilitating and playing with the bench unit are in there. So now you can start tinkering with those with those rotations. And that's the formula I think the Raptors are going to roll with. Yeah. We'll see if it plays out, but that's just, as currently constructed, that's what I believe we're going to see this season. And it's not a bad one. It's not flawed. No. It's just, I'm so used to a rigid this is X, this is Y, this is Z, these are your positions. Um, I haven't, I mean, it is very Nick Nurse to have a bunch of Ben Zobris on your team to do everything, (laughs) right? So, um, Shout out Ben. Yeah. Um, So I I don't necessarily dislike it. It's just, to me, I need to see it play out and be successful. And you could argue that last season it was because, like I said, expectations were so low. Um, I'm just looking more of a relief from that starting unit because again in the playoffs you saw how gassed they were and you saw how much they needed a reliable bench unit but as you've displayed um perhaps the additions will mitigate those issues and that is the biggest concern or at least for me heading into offseason and well heading into this upcoming season and if that's my main concern reflecting on last season I think that's a sign of a good last good previous season to build on for the next one 100 percent, yeah 100 percent, without a doubt so look i mean exciting times in in raptors land um i i still don't think we're we're done here whether that's a small or a big move is still tbd but i think that that we're not done here um before we start game one of this season yeah if we are, I would be surprised, but I definitely wouldn't be disappointed because I think the team as currently constructed is, is good enough to, to be there. Um, do I think they're a championship contender yet? No. I still think that they're that that tier below. Like a like a, a great but not superstar team, right? Like they're they're a great team, uh, top to bottom, but are they that true bonafide contender right now? I don't know. If Pascal takes that next step, if Scotty Barnes takes that next step, Fred Van Vliet continues his play, then maybe it's a different conversation in, in five, six months. Do you think there's a next step for Pascal? That's not a hating on him. I'm just I know, I know, I know, I know. I, I actually I actually do. Okay. And the saying next step makes it seem like he's gonna go from what he averages here. I don't have a sense, 23, 22, 23 points yeah. to you know, 27 points per game, 26, 27 points per game, um, you know, almost like double doubles. Like he's, he's got, you know, probably like eight, nine rebounds a game or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, sure. like that, I, I'm not, I'm not talking that. I just think that Pascal Siakam is such an interesting, interesting case study in a yeah. way, because he started so late in comparison to everybody else. And he didn't have, you know, some of these guys were playing basketball. He said, oh, I picked up basketball at the age of three and I started playing the, the age of four or five. Pascal was in his teen years when he started playing basketball. Yeah, 16. Yeah. yeah. That is, you know, 
give or take eight to 10 years of fundamental basketball that he had missed out on. Now, granted, I'm not saying that, you know, the ages of eight, he's, you know, he's, that, that makes a big difference because he wasn't playing basketball at the age of eight. My, my point here is that he was a little bit behind in terms of what he understood and yeah. what his body could do and what he could understand what his body could do right and the guys talk about oh he's, he's got he's got no bag he's got a spin moves got no bag and like whatever fucking hate that no, no bag whatever shut up <laughs> so, pascal siakam is developing into a all-around well-rounded player yeah and i think that there's still a tiny little bit of edges that need to be you know curved a little bit and I think he's I think he's going to get there. I think it's just going to be subtle fundamental tunings. So I don't think we're going to see, you know, a, a leap from him and it may not even be visible. But I think he's got a little bit more to give, um, whether yes. that's basketball IQ, whether that's, you know, a few sloppy mistakes, um, you know, dribbling where he shouldn't passing where he shouldn't making a move that he shouldn't. I think it's just mitigating silly mistakes is where we're going to see that improvement from Pascal this year. And I'm fine with that, even if he puts up a similar stat line, but just controls it a little bit better. I think that's where we're really going to see it. Um, a big jump, a big leap. No, I think he's kind of near where he's going to be. Uh, but I still think he has a little bit of room to grow as, as a player in, in the, in the league. I agree. I, I, I it's not a disparaging question. It, yes. It's more of, I think, I would say that I do think we're closer to his ceiling yes. than we were previously. Um, the jump from the twenty end of the 2020 or the 2020 playoff bubble season um, to last year was incredible. It, it was vintage Pascal. But, you know, rewinding it back all the way to the KD talks, and it doesn't necessarily have to be KD, he, would, he just thrives as a second option and even though the you saw glimpses of um vintage pascal pre-bubble last season i just think he would benefit with someone else there to relieve the pressure and i don't know if it's something in between the ears that he's thinking i have to carry this on my own and i love that i i if that's the case i love it i love the determination that's what a leader does but I just think as a player and playing to his strengths, he benefits with someone else sharing the load with him. Like he was a great one B to Kawhi. Yeah. So yeah, he, him and him and Kawhi were one of the highest scoring duos in NBA playoff history. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is like, that is unbelievable. And I, th- I think people kind of forget that. And they go, well, it's, it's Kawhi and then a bum. No, yeah, man, no, it was both. No. It was both. Yes. Like yes. Siakam, what was it? Game two of the NBA Finals at a thirty bomb, like yes. put up a thirty piece. Like Kawhi took a backseat. Yeah, and passed Kawhi like, no, standards. No, I, I got yeah. this game. I got this game. No yeah, problem. yeah, no yeah. Your time, time for you to be one B yeah. this game. I got one A. Yeah, like he he has that in him, and I completely agree with you. I think that he would benefit greatly from having a one A with him. Yeah, which is why I would be sad to see him go if it was a Kevin Durant trade because I, I think yeah. I think Pascal becomes more valuable to the Raptors with Kevin Durant there mm-hmm. and I don't know if you can say that about many other 
you know, stars of a team because, you know, if they have to share the rock a bit more and, and, and their touches and their scoring opportunities become a little bit decreased, chances are their value is going to diminish more. Whereas I think with Pascal's, he actually plays incredibly well with that guy. Becoming a duo that way elevates him a bit more. Yeah. There's not as many double teams. He's not the center focus of defensive schemes. They're going to focus Kevin Durant. They're not going to send two guys to Siakam. If anything, they'll send two guys to Durant. Uh, Siakam can get open and he can get easy buckets. Yeah. Yeah. That's where. That's why I would be upset to see him go. Would I still trade him for Kevin Durant? Yes. Would I be sad to see him go? Yes, because I think that he, like you, like we've both mentioned, I think he's got another level to his game when he plays with the Leonard's and the Durant's of the world. Let me, uh, we can end this topic with this question. What would you rather have? Would you rather see a KD with Pascal as the one B or would you rather see KD and potentially seeing the growth and next step in OG and Anobi as a one B who is dying for more opportunities? It's reported. KD and, and Pascal. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, okay. I see Katie and Pascal. Um, I thought I thought you were gonna say Katie and Pascal or Katie and Scotty. Oh, I mean that's obvious. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. and and that and but see, this is this is also why I would be willing to trade Pascal Siakam because I think that Scotty's like growth that we're seeing, right? To me, that's like you you put him alongside Kevin Durant. I think if you want to try to win now, and it's it's a win now move that you make with with KD, you you still want to try to keep Pascal. Yeah, yeah, right. Like to me, I, I'd rather I'd rather see Pascal there than OG. It's that's more of a, you know, that's the devil I know versus the sure. devil unknown, sure. right? Like I've seen Pascal do it at that level with that star caliber player. We know what he can do. Whereas with OG, it's like sure maybe he can get there. But you don't, I don't know. know. Exactly. Who knows? Yes. So. Yep. Okay. Fair. That's. Uh, what about you? I'll turn the table. Um. I understand the argument for the devil, you know, but. I do. Uh, I I lean Pascal. I'd rather have Pascal because to me, you know, when he is the one B option, it prevents teams from focusing on him and, like you said, trapping him, collapsing the middle, and really eliminating and you know completely neutralizing the spin um it limits him and i i don't like it when he gets flustered especially on the dribble i don't like it it makes me very uneasy and i'm white knuckling my couch um <laughs> so i think the raptors as a team would thrive if mm -hmm. pascal is the one b i just think there's so much more to og that we haven't seen i agree and I'm I'm just anxious to see it. And I I do think that if this trade were to go down with OG going to Brooklyn, he's I don't think we're ever going to see it. Yeah, unless unless like he needs to be the focal point. I, I think it can he though. I don't know. I I mean I would I would like to be surprisingly. Would, wrong about would that? I just OG, don't know. Okay, if, if if OG got traded to Brooklyn, do you think that there would be an odds on for OG to be MIP next year? He's in the conversation, but I don't know that 
just because you're the focal point of a team doesn't mean you're going to excel. I understand that, but statistically, he would he would probably be most improved given. I, I just think if you're going to be a focal point, you're gonna you're gonna do you're gonna you know do well. Then yeah. you're probably going to be MIP. But like you said, I, I get it. Doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do well because it's it'd be so easy to focus on him because what else do the Nets have after yeah. getting rid of Kyrie? And Kevin Durant. <laughs> like, I think I carry Gary Trent. I mean, and Russell yeah. Westbrook. It, I, apparently he's going to San Antonio. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just well, saying. Apparently. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what Brooklyn's doing there. Um it will be fun offseason regardless. You're gonna hear a lot more of us as the offseason continues. Obviously, if there's breaking news, you will hear from us then. Uh until then, expect us expect to hear us once every two weeks, right? I'm down. Somewhere in around there. Yeah. Decide when we want to do it. We'll yeah. just wake up one day and we'll, yeah, we'll record. It's usually how it goes. I'm in. <laughs> I'm always down. Well, uh, on that note, we're always flying by the seat of our pants, so uh, I'm going to wrap it up here sure. on behalf of the South of the Six podcast. Um, I'm your co-host, Connor Chambers. That is Adam Corsair. You can catch us on any one of the Podcatchers, podcast platforms that you listen to, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, are we on SoundCloud? No. Okay, whoops. <laughs> Negate that. We're not on that one. <laughs> whoops, not on SoundCloud. Uh, Google Play, any any type of device that has a podcast platform besides SoundCloud, you'll find us on. <laughs> um, if you are listening and this is your first time here, welcome. Uh, we really appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, and as we are starting back up again, it's nice to have familiar and new faces as well. And if you haven't done so, please leave a five-star review. Only if you enjoyed. And if you didn't, then that's fine, too. We'll take it. Still give please. us a five-star, please. But I'll, but I'll take the five-star on the way out. <laughs> that would be so much appreciated, guys. Please. Um, it helps us out uh, to grow the channel, uh, the podcast platform, and to get our voices out there and heard. We like to connect with the community, so you can follow us on Twitter. Follow me at Connor Chambers on Twitter. And if you want to see an older platform of mine on Twitter, you can follow me at TO underscore sports views. Burner. Uh, hmm? Burner. Burner. Yeah, that's my, <laughs> that's my big burner account. Uh, you can also follow Adam on Twitter at Adam Corsair. You can also follow this platform, podcast platform on Twitter at South of the Six. Also Burner. With, also, also big. Well, it used to be a burner. Uh, South of the Six spelled with the number six so six ix um adam any closing remarks that you want to say as this as this podcast was brought to you by stadium scene.tv i'm just plugging that in at the end again yeah yeah uh this was really refreshing having you hosting the show you're a natural obviously try um, uh shout out to that's a rap podcast i was a guest on their show if you guys want to listen to that episode dig in their they're archives. great they are they are they are awesome guys over there they said nothing but glowing things about you and uh they are eager to have you on their show so um we need to connect with them again on this one eventually um yes. maybe a preseason pod or maybe when the schedules release a prediction pod who knows we'll get it out there but a group, uh, a group one yeah a group one will be fun for like the start of the year around um, table and and then we can we can hold ourselves accountable we'll, we'll do like a start of the year one on here or something with some predictions yeah. and then end of the year one on there yeah yeah and then yeah we'll uh hey that's a wrap 
We'll do. Uh, we'll have that's a wrap and pick and. Oh. And pick. Uh, oh. um, that's a wrap. If you're listening, because we we know you are. Hit us up. Well, or we'll hit you up first. Yeah. Whichever one comes first. We'll make the arrangements. We'll figure it out. Yeah. That's it. Well, that's a that's a really good shout out. If you guys aren't following them or listening to them as well, uh, you just type in that's a wrap podcast on yeah. any of your podcasters. You'll find them there as well. Um, okay, we're an hour and ten minutes in. Should probably wrap up. All right. Awesome. All right. Everybody, catch you guys on the next episode when Kevin Durant becomes a Trump. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Deuces. Goodbye. Peace. Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Raptors.